Hello, my name is Joshua Patty, and I'm privileged to serve as the regional minister of the Christian Church in the Upper Midwest. It saddens me that I haven't had the opportunity yet to travel to Minnesota to meet you face to face, but I'm glad that using technology, we can join in worship and discussion today. The scripture text that I've chosen for us to reflect on this morning is from the book of Exodus in the Hebrew scriptures, the 16th chapter. Listen for God's word. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out for Elam, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And God and Moses have a discussion, and then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, now is the time in our worship when we open the scriptures and seek your wisdom and guidance for our lives. We ask that you open us up, open our ears and our minds and our hearts to the lessons that you have for us this day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on behalf of siblings throughout the Christian Church in the Upper Midwest, I offer you greetings in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Greetings from more than 100 congregations, more than 200 ministers who join together in ministry, in service, I hope in love, striving to be disciples together. You may wonder what the region does or what a regional minister does. There are lots of things, but essentially what we try to do is build relationships between congregations so that we share mission and ministry together. Sometimes it's a problem-solving ministry when congregations have issues or need a minister, when ministers have issues or need a job, a calling, a place to serve. Sometimes we successfully uh, join together and accomplish things. I know that for many years there's been a wonderful regional women's retreat that has been spearheaded by many people in Minnesota and beyond. Sometimes we join together to send our young people to camp. Sometimes, well, we're not as successful. But that's our opportunity to keep building those relationships, finding common purpose, loving each other, learning from each other, supporting each other, doing things together in Jesus' name. Today I'm with you because your congregation is trying to figure out 
what comes next. And I'm honored to participate in some of these discussions. What we're really talking about in some ways is looking for leadership, right? And when I think about leadership, at least from a faithful perspective, I usually think about Moses. I think there are countless lessons for faithful leadership in the life and experience, the doing of Moses in the Hebrew Scriptures. Now, he's not alone. There are lots of good leaders in the Bible. But I thought we'd reflect on a couple of lessons from Moses and those ancient Israelites today. Now, a word of warning, while we're talking about this in a faith context, looking for leadership in the church, I know that in our country, there are lots of people who are looking for good leadership, and there's lots of discussion about what good leadership looks like and what good leadership, well, what bad leadership looks like, how to promote good leadership, how to avoid bad leadership. And it's got us all twisted in knots, arguing with each other, convinced that there's more that divides us than unites us. This sermon does touch on some things that can address our current political context as well. Though rest assured, I'm not simply speaking against one person or one party, advocating one side as good leaders and the others as bad. I think there are examples of good and bad leadership across our political spectrum. That said, though, let's start kind of where we are and where the ancient Israelites were in the beginning of this 16th chapter, 16th chapter of Exodus. They're complaining. They're frustrated. They're mad at Moses and Aaron. You're forgiven if you don't remember what comes exactly before this, but I guarantee you, you've heard what comes before this. It's the salvation of the entire Israelite people. As God divided the waters of the Red Sea and they passed through on dry ground and the Israelite army that was pursuing them was swallowed up in the waters. And they sang a great song of joy and praise of their salvation. And then, and then hardly a few days later, they started complaining because they were hungry and they were convinced there was no place they were going to eat. And they started wondering, and this is almost incomprehensible for a people that had been freed from slavery, that had seen the mighty hand of God lead them through the waters of the Red Sea. They started complaining, why did you do this? Moses, why did you take us out of Egypt? At least there was food there. At least, well, at least we knew what was going to happen there. We were comfortable. Really? After six weeks of the Exodus, they, they fondly look back at slavery as a time of comfort, as a time of enough to eat, as, as a good life, mostly because it's better than the fears and anxieties they face on the edge of the wilderness. The hard truth of leadership is that leaders while we strive to build consensus, good leaders don't necessarily create the circumstances where there isn't division, and sometimes really strong division. Because leaders, 
Leaders are called to serve in situations where we don't already know the answer. To help us go to places and try things that we've never done before. And isn't that where we're at right now? In this time of the COVID pandemic, in this time of, of the transition of power in our federal government, in this time of division and uncertainty and unrest and anger and frustration, isn't there a lot of fear and anxiety and doubt that undergirds all of it? It's not so much that the good old days were perfect, but at least we know what they are. And we're terrified of what we don't know that might lie ahead. And leadership has to address that. Good leaders admit that and then still say, but this is the way I think we're supposed to go. But there's always complaining. This is not the first time, by the way, that the Israelites complain in the wilderness, and it will not be the last. Even as God carefully, lovingly, painstakingly guides them through the wilderness and provides them with sustenance, food and water where there is not enough for them, they complain. They doubt. And they imagine that the bad old days, the hard days of slavery, were the best lives they could have ever lived. God knew differently, and the leaders among them had to help point them in that direction where they could discover that truth for themselves. I want to leave God to the side here. We'll come back to God in a minute. I want to talk about some of those other leaders. Here we talk about Moses and Aaron, or the scriptures talk about Moses and Aaron. But pretty quickly after this, the gift of manna in the wilderness, Moses runs into a problem. He's busy from sunup to sundown hearing complaints of all the people well, who have complaints against their neighbors. As you can imagine, this is a horde of people moving everything they can carry, including probably some livestock and kids, and they're not exactly well-behaved. There are, I imagine, the ancient equivalent of traffic accidents. There are complaints that somebody woke up and took somebody else's coat, somebody else's sandals, that lo and behold, somebody's goat ended up half a mile away and is, you know, claimed by another family, etc., etc. And so Moses heard these complaints. There were so many of them because there were so many Israelites. He did nothing for a while but hear these complaints and try to decide who was in the right and who was in the wrong and how to make things fair for everybody. What, what a just, just conclusion would be for everyone. Well, around this time, Moses is visited by his father-in-law of all people, Jethro, the high priest of Midian. And he basically says, Moses, what you're doing is not a good thing. You're exhausting yourself. You cannot possibly decide all of these things. Implicit in Jethro's words is this, nor 
do you have to? And following Jethro's advice, Moses identifies leaders within the Israelites, leaders of groups of 10 and of 50 and of 100, that can hear some of these complaints and make some of these decisions and help lead the people through the wilderness. Often when we talk about the Exodus, we talk about Moses' leadership, and sometimes Aaron's and Miriam's. But the truth was that pretty early on, in order for the Exodus to be successful, for the Israelites to go from being slaves in Egypt to being free people in the Promised Land, leaders had to be identified and developed among them, nurtured, encouraged, empowered. They weren't brought in from outside. There's no passage where Moses then uh, sends out a general announcement looking for leaders, help wanted, in the wilderness. Instead, Moses realized that even among a people who were enslaved their whole lives, there were leaders more than capable of serving well and leading wisely in unfamiliar territory, the wilderness, in uncertain circumstances, between Egypt and the Promised Land. And I'm convinced that is true for us today, in our church, in our country as well. There are leaders, if we'll simply recognize them and empower them. And among you, among us worshiping today, there are leaders. Leaders who are gifted by God to do some of the things we need during these uncertain times, helping to spread the love and forgiveness of Jesus to each other, to our neighbors, and throughout the whole world. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that good leadership is not simply about setting a vision or pointing a direction of where we can and should go. That is a part of it. It's an, it's an essential part, and Moses was very good at it. And part of the way Moses taught people where to go is he told them where they'd been. He kept reminding them where they'd been so they could better see the journey they were on and where they were going. But good leaders also resource and empower other leaders. And sometimes they identify people who've never had the chance to lead yet and help nurture and develop them into leaders. I hope that is what we're doing as a church. If you want a silly, secular example, consider football coaches. Usually the best football coaches can be identified by how successful their assistant coaches are in their coaching careers. The greatest coaches usually teach a bunch of assistants who then go out and become great head coaches themselves who develop their assistant coaches into great coaches themselves. That's the principle we're talking about. And it's not just something that happens in the secular world. It's deeply rooted in our faith because it recognizes in leadership terms, something we talk about in other circumstances. 
how God values everyone and how God gives everyone gifts to be useful, to help, to serve, yes, sometimes to lead. And that brings us back to God. God is all over the story of the Exodus, right? Even in the chapter we're focusing on this morning, God does a couple of things. God provides sustenance, manna, and meat day in and day out for evidently 40 years throughout the wilderness. And of course, God leads. God leads in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of smoke and, and fire through the wilderness. And sometimes out of that cloud, God speaks to Moses, giving wisdom and at Mount Sinai, giving Torah, the law, the instructions to turn this rabble-rousing group, this chaotic group, into a nation, into a people capable of living freely, governing themselves in the promised land. Moses never forgets to look for God's leadership. Moses never forgets to encourage others to recognize God's hand, God's presence, God's voice, God's teaching and example throughout the difficult journey that the Israelites are on. And I am convinced, and I certainly hope we're not in for 40 years of this, but I am convinced that God is leading and nurturing us in similar ways today. That God has not only given us people gifted for such a time as this, including leaders on this call today and others who may be called to join and serve at Plymouth Creek Christian Church, but God is nourishing us, feeding us, and even whispering words of wisdom and love and maybe even forgiveness along the way. These are uncertain times. They will create anxiety and division. Sometimes they'll just wear us out. But trust. Trust that there are leaders among you, gifted and graced by God to do good work, work of love and of wisdom, of service to others, of forgiveness and healing, and that God is leading us into the days and months and years ahead.